0: Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I'm joined by my co host, Lisa Clow, Lockery Fine Art Artist, Lockery Clow, artist Lockery, right? I've seen I've seen your name branded like in so many world different are you ways. Talking
1: about? <laughs>
0: I've seen your name branded so many different ways. I thought I'd try to incorporate all of those. Get your Twitter handle in there. Get your Facebook groups in there. No, anyway. So what's cooking?
1: See, I thought I was going to avoid you. You had this whole intro. I thought I was going to get to avoid what? the, you know, what's up to or in Hi. this case, what's oh. cooking. Actually, I can answer that. I've got salmon okay. on out on the smoker right now. Oh, so something's so I can literally technically cooking. Answer what's cooking. Oh,
0: salmon.
1: Salmon that, that is sounds cooking. Sounds good.
0: That's awesome. All right, this is a show about color pencil where we hand out the art tips on a silver platter every single week. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today?
1: We are answering some of the questions that our listeners have sent in.
0: All right, so start out here. um this is one that I've wanted to answer for quite some time and it's come up several times this week, and that is, why don't you do more interview shows and feature other artists? We love those. Keep giving us more of those and we get, we get that request all the time. And and I get that. I mean, I understand that. I want to answer that very candidly. That's something that, you know, I hear a lot. I understand it because I like interview shows. I love them. But the the problem is this. There are a ton of work. There's so much work involved in uh, scheduling them, making sure, you know, Lisa and I are available when uh, the artist is going to be available. And then everyone be on the same page as far as uh the technology is concerned and um making sure that you know that it's a right fit for for the um for the show um the, and we like to hear about the motivations and the mindset and the uh, different styles and approaches to color pencil that these other artists have but it also has to be the right fit and there there's been a couple that uh, just didn't make the cut and to be quite honest. And so there's a lot of work in preparing for this in the preparation uh, part of it, but then there's a lot of work also in the editing, getting three tracks of voices to line up and and all of that. And so there's a lot more editing involved with that too. So uh, we hear you on that, and we are trying to get um, more artists featured and lined up here to to have on the show. So,
1: all right. So our next question, what do you think of the Inktense pencils and light, of their non-lightfastness. Should one use them in archival work? Well, that kind of answered the question right there.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Now, I got to say this, though. I use them all the time, Um nearly all the time, I should say. But I only use the ones that are lightfast, and I don't use water with them. Because I I like the the velvety texture of them, and I like the way they lay down. I mean, that Arabic... Uh, gum or that synthetic glycol that's used in them just makes it so much nicer it makes a real smooth velvety finish or smooth velvety uh, texture when you're laying that down I, I just love that and then i do protect my work with Lasca uh, fixative but yeah i mean i don't i don't use the ones that are not light fast and, you're not and using that's just probably one of the reasons
1: by themselves you're not using them the way and i'm I not use them, Where and I and i'm not doing time.
0: that no and i'm not doing that and and just you know it's just different technique uh, and I can buy them in open stock so I can get the ones that I want at the store I can go to a physical store and get them in open stock so that's nice too
1: yeah but, I mean, I, that's
0: the way it is for me so
1: I will not sell my ink tents work I don't because they're not archival. You're not using them in archival work because they are not archival. The way I use them, I should throw that in there. Yeah. Um, once you add water, it doesn't matter if it's light fast or not, or if the light fast ratings are good. Once you add water, the light fast ratings just dropped significantly. That's a big deal. Now I do have some that I framed. I just do stuff when I do light or intense stuff. I do stuff that interests me because I know I'm going to keep it. But I have one that's framed, it's been framed for nearly a year now, and it's not faded at all. I've got a light fast, or a UV protecting spray on it, and it's behind UV glass, and I've had no issues whatsoever. But even given that, I'm not comfortable selling that, or any of my light, my ink tent stuff, I won't display it in a gallery, I won't, it's just, I don't trust it To hold up long enough to, I don't want my name on something that's going to fade, essentially. I want to make sure anything my name is on is going to last long term, and so I do not sell those. I do make prints from them. They photograph so beautifully, and so they're perfect for making prints. Uh, So it's not that I won't make money off of using Inktense. I'm just not making money selling the original.
0: Okay, I got one more thing on this, guys, and that is that, you know, we can get a little bit uptight about certain uh, products and things like that uh, and whether they're light fast and all of that, but here's the bottom line. I was called out for talking about the collar race pencils. Uh, there was a professional illustrator that talked to me and said that he's been using them for 40 years and he's never had a collar race line fade at all. And you know, granted, he's probably not putting it in direct sunlight, but he's never had any fading whatsoever. Um, so bottom line is use a little common sense and uh, protect your work uh, as as good as you can, as well as you can. And, um, you know, don't put it in direct sunlight, you know, use common sense about that kind of stuff. But yeah, there again, and don't use products, you know, don't throw out the pencils that are not light fast. I mean, you have to do that. I have to do that with every pencil set that I purchase. And I
1: think you have to be responsible when you're selling your work. You're putting yourself in another category. If you're doing your work for fun and you're giving it to family and friends, doesn't matter. Use whatever you enjoy. But when you get to the point where people are giving you money, their hard-earned money for artwork, they expect it to last. And the thing is, a lot of people seem to think well the buyer will know the buyer understands that it could fade not necessarily you can't assume that the buyer knows or understands about light fastness or understands not to put it in sunlight that's your job as the artist you both to educate them and to be using products that will last i've seen and not just with ink tents i mean this is kind of going off on a tangent right, but i've seen in galleries any where line. huh
0: Yeah, no, you're right. It goes for any line of of art Yeah, I've
1: seen a gallery locally. I use the word gallery in quotation marks. You just can't see me doing that. But she sells her son's work and the stuff that's on newsprint and newspaper and things that are going to fade. This is not archival quality, and they're selling it for thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah, I've seen people do that And it makes me mad because the buyer doesn't
1: understand that that artwork is not going to last. And, of course, the guy making it's not telling them. Chances are the guy making them doesn't even know that it's not going to last.
0: Cardboard and brown paper bag too yeah
1: there's just yeah a lot of stuff that you're like if if somebody is paying you money it is your job to do the research to make sure that that artwork is going to last
0: although if you go back far enough in printmaking with the paper that was used in these old books you can use that paper and there's no acid in there and that i think that's really cool really? people do that yeah when they when they um uh, commandeer some of that old paper from uh, from the books what is it what is the date i can't remember now it's in the uh, mid 1800s I believe anyway you find that paper that they did not introduce any of those acids into the papermaking process and you can use that uh, for your artwork and I think that's really cool And you can smell it when you open up those old books you can just smell that paper Uh, There's a a certain smell about it, but um, I should look that up. Put it in show notes. What the what the year is? Uh, If you go back to some of these used old bookstores, um, or I shouldn't say used old bookstores, um, used bookstores that sold that sell old books, you can find some of that. That is
1: really interesting. there was a history lesson that I didn't need to go get tea for.
0: (laughs) I can I can give you the long version. (laughs) All right. So the next question: Can color pencil be used with pastel? For example, if you put pastel down first and then the color pencil on top of that. Uh, I don't think I've ever tried that. I I, have. I tried using pan pastel. Yeah, with before, pan pastel, and it
1: worked beautifully.
0: So you put the the colored pencil on top of it. Yeah, um, and I just yeah. did a
1: quick test. Wendy Lane, okay. um, who we interviewed, what? A year ago or so? A year ago, I did a workshop with her recently, and she had a bunch of supplies where she was letting the students play around with them. And so when everyone was away from the table, I sat there kind of scribbling around with stuff. And, yeah, Yeah. you can put the pan pastels down, and the colored pencil sticks, no problem. Now, honestly, you're probably not going to put paint thinner over that. So if you like to use mineral spirits like I do, it may not be the best choice because I think that's going to mess up the pan pastels, but mm-hmm. if you're not, no, the the colored pencils stuck really well to the pan pastels. I'm well, not sure about, about other pastels because they tend to be grittier.
0: Let's talk about that for a second then. Because I'm interested in this. I, I would like to I'd like to try it and I'm a little more curious about it now. So what paper was she using and Stonehenge. then how it's wendy okay. so it's
1: always Stonehenge.
0: And then, how much pastel did she put down before she put colored pencil on the I, top of well, it? Well,
1: I was the one who was playing around with it. Um, well,
0: you, yeah, uh, I just took the do? little
1: pad and scribbled, so I had full color saturation on the paper, okay. and the pencil right. stuck to it, no problem. And I can—I've okay, so not it's... seen that when I used regular pastels, but with the pan yeah. pastels, it wasn't a problem. And I've seen some of Wendy's work. We can put a link to our website in the show notes, but she's got some work where she's done these beautiful backgrounds with the pan mm-hmm. pastels to save time and the colored pencil working. You really can't tell which areas she used colored pencil on versus the pan pastels. It was a really nice Even in person?
0: Did you see it in person?
1: Um, that one, the one I'm saying no, I saw in the photograph. And I've seen her other work in person that you –
0: Okay, so another question about that then. So you're putting the pa- the uh, pastel down. You've got some saturation there um, in the groove of the of the uh, paper, and then you're taking your pencil and laying it down. And it's Wendy, so I'm guessing she's using Polychromos. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yes. Okay, and so let's think about this mechanically. Um, uh, or technically, rather. So the pastel then is going down into the grooves of the paper, into the tooth of the paper, and then the polychromos is going on top of that in in the grooves of the paper into that mm-hmm. tooth of the paper, right? So it kind of seals it inside there, right? So you can't have a whole lot of this dry Chalky medium. Up well, that's on top, the thing with the pan right? pastels;
1: they're not your mm-hmm. typical pastels. They no, don't they're feel not dry they're, and chalky right. like. I mean, I they're still don't like as, how it feels on my hands, but they're it's not, not
0: as the same. chalky. No, like right. if I were but to they right are now, go try though. my
1: regular pastels, like I've got some Derwent past. Um, pastel pencils. If I try that yeah. and put colored pencil over it, they're not going to play real nicely. No, yet.
0: right, right. I, I've tried both, but I I just don't remember it being easy to do this. I'm, yeah, I, don't I was know. surprised. I'll try it I wasn't again.
1: expecting that. I I seriously doubted it. And she's like, "No, watch." She, she's yeah, been here... me on that one for a while to try those two. Okay, together. She's I'll like, try no, it again. Watch.
0: But okay, but here's the other thing. How? So what do you do with it? I mean, is it fully encasing? That uh, pan pastel medium. Well, she's then leaving the a lot of the pencils pastel. Top. Pan
1: pastel is being allowed to show through, like her background. She left just with, I think, the majority of that on the one. I'm thinking the one okay. she called Sax in the City. I think is one she did that with. And the majority of the background, I want to say, she did just with the pan pastels. I'm not sure what parts exactly were, I mean, I, I didn't pay enough attention to say which were just pastel, which were just colored pencil. All I know is that they did work well together. I'm not sure how do she you, seals them. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I know how she them, but I, I really don't okay. know.
0: She has some kind of glass. Okay, so the call's out. Um, anybody, if, you are, if you're an expert at this or if you do this, uh, let us know, and I'd love to talk to you. That'd be, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it?
1: Maybe we need to have Wendy back on so she can tell us how she's doing all of that.
0: Yeah, if she's doing that all the time, that would be pretty cool. All right, so let's see, where are we? When you first started in colored pencils, how did you work out your colors for each piece? Was it guesswork or did you have some kind of formula or trick that, uh, that you used to help? So what I do typically right now, I'm going to go through that and then I'll talk about what I used to do. But what I do now is I try to do a color match, but that's all within balance of the piece. So I know what my values are going to be throughout the entire piece. And especially with a portrait, I don't want anything to overpower the pupils of the portrait, right? It's going to be the darkest part. So if I'm looking at a dark area, then I'm going to just make some determinations and some decisions on my own about which colors I want, regardless of what the photo is telling me. But I'm going to figure all that out and trouble through all of that and do these little test swatches over on a separate sheet of paper, the exact surface that I'm going to be drawing on, so the exact type of paper. If it's Stonehenge, I'm going to use Stonehenge as my test paper. And I'm going to figure out my particular formula at that time that I'm going to use at that time on the piece that I'm working on. Some people like to go through here and take all 2,000 pencils that they own and do all these these huge, enormous color swatches, and they make murals out of these things, and I'm not, I'm never going to do that because, one, I, I think it's a colossal waste of time, and I know many of you may disagree with me on that, and that's fine if you want to do that. I don't see the benefit in doing that. All I'm going to do when I approach a piece, I'm going to look at the colors that are in my reference, and I'm going to grab... I don't know, anywhere from five to ten, depending on if I if I need that many. Sometimes it might be just three. And I'm going to take those colors, test those, figure out the formula, and that is which one I use first, second, and, th- second, and third. I'm going to write down that particular formula at that time, and then I'm going to apply it to my piece when I start. Now, what I used to do was I would... I would go through this process of writing down what I was going to use after I was testing. But then midway through, I'd be like, hey, I think I'll just try this random blue over here or something like that. And I'd introduce some color that just threw everything off. And I've messed up several things that will never be shown anywhere by doing that. So I've learned some things the hard way. I, you know, School of Hard Knocks, I had to learn that the hard way. But that's, that's what I do now. What about you, Lisa?
1: Okay, I think people get way too worried about their colors. And I say this all the time. We've talked about this all the time. I may use, I mean, I recently did a portrait, a fan art piece of Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. I had about 50 colors out for my skin and for the beard and and eyes. So, I I mean, I've got to make sure of the darks and lights there. I grab what I need. I need a pinkish t- color, I grab a pinkish color. No, not pink enough, I'm going to grab another one. Or, oh, too pink, I'm going to grab one that's a little bit more towards orange on the color wheel. You know, it's not right. something that I spend too much time thinking about. The one thing that I've advised people to do and I actually do sometimes do this, if I'm having a hard time judging colors, I will use an eyedropper tool in Photoshop, which No, that is a good one. Yeah, that one makes it easy and I'll make little color swatches. So, okay, these are my my basic colors that I know I need to use. And the thing that I find helpful there is sometimes I need purple and I didn't even see that in the artwork. So that's where that comes in, in handy, but really it's more about your values. I'm not stressing out about my colors. I mean, I mean, the, the one that I just did, I've got green in his skin. Most people aren't going to look at that and think, oh, green would be the choice to go with. I wanted to see what would happen if I used green, and it worked. And if it didn't work, I just would have layered over it, so no big deal. It's It's right. not as scary as everyone wants to think that it is. Being afraid of trying different things, being afraid of the colors is definitely going to set you back in how quickly you learn. Get over that and worry about your values, how light something is. How dark something is. That matters so much more than anything else.
0: That's excellent advice. Uh, because and I just want to reiterate that point right there that you talked about with color matching. Color matching is not... The end-all be-all. We recently spoke with Cecile Baird, uh, you might recall, and she talked a lot about values being more important and composition. So all of those things are so much more important than color match. Yeah. And you see people obsess over color matching. It doesn't matter.
1: And here's Just the make thing, sure that it
0: looks good on your piece. Yes. Now, it has to be in balance on your piece.
1: And sometimes it's going to look better to hype up the color the color saturation, yeah. move things more towards a warmer or a cooler one. I mean – those things, that's what matters. And it's funny, because the Jon Snow one that I had done, I had people, more complaints or more criticism. I don't know why everyone thought I needed to critique on that one. But I had more people <laughs> critiquing me on that one than I have in a long time. And they're telling me, oh, the, the skin colors are too cool. The skin colors are that. Then when you draw it, make them warmer. I chose to stick with the, like, there's a reason I chose these. This is the look that I wanted. It doesn't make it wrong because it still looks realistic. It, it would be just a difference in my lighting. I mean, it doesn't mean that I used the wrong colors by any means. And a lot of people were going, well, because it's a reference photo. Everyone's familiar with this photo.
0: No, right, right. So
1: they're saying, well, in the reference photo, this and the photo, this. As the artist, you get to choose what you want to use. And if it's not exact, it doesn't matter. My drawing was exact. My values were good. Uh, so Those are the things that matter. If yeah. I choose to make something more cool, more warm, it's okay. That's not such a big deal.
0: That is this the one you did a hair tutorial on? Is yes, that right?
1: Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, that was
0: awesome! Now. I love that. I love that. That was really good. I don't know the actor or anything, but I mean, I I like the the composition. I like the way you that can't was be done. friends
1: anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, if I had time for TV shows, I would not be doing that this. That is podcast. the only one
1: that no that one. There's a couple that I'll I make time for.
0: I do not. I, I'm I'm serious. I'm such a, a dork and a and a geek. I do not watch any television. Or now there's some documentaries on Netflix that I listen to. But that's about <laughs> it. Anyway, all right.
1: So next question. I've noticed you use a lot of colors to achieve a realistic look. How do you choose which colors to blend? I will just keep layering until I get the colors I want. I don't put that much thought into it. I. Uh, there's not a huge, huge science involved in what I do, the way that I work. Some artists, there is, and they sit and test out, like what John was saying, and they have, you know, the color charts and all of these things. I don't need, feel that they're that necessary because I have such a complete understanding of values. That's what I'm focusing on. So as far as, yes, I use a lot of colors because I'll layer things. But the funny thing is, let's say I have 50 colors laid out. I may only use 20 of those in, uh, long-term or in any significant amount, I should say. Whereas half those pencils that I pulled out, I do a few pencil marks and realize, nah, I don't really need this one and throw it to the side and don't pick it back up again. So it's not... Just choosing the perfect color again It goes back to what we were talking about before it's the values and I do use that eyedropper tool like we talked about just to get a general idea of certain colors like if I needed purple and didn't realize it But for the most part I just grab a pencil and let's see what happens when I test this one on top of this one. Nope didn't work That looked a little too yellow. I need to be more pink. So I'll grab a color. That's more pink Let's try it again with this one instead and see what happens. So that's how I work
0: No, I like that. Um now, I, I do do things uh, slightly differently uh, than what you described there, but uh, there, there is that spectrum there of just obsessing over color matching that we just talked about as well that I don't, I don't do. I don't make these huge murals of all the colors and do a chart with, with uh, Gamsel and without Gamsel, with burnishing, without burnishing, with light layer and all of that. I mean, I think it's just a colossal waste of, waste of time, like I said. But what I will do, I do do... Fun. Fun.
1: I think if someone thinks yeah, that's fine Yeah no fun, I, go no it's fine it. I
0: am just saying for me <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah no. it's just not something I right would there do with you Um, but, but yeah, a lot of people, and I like seeing them too, post them on Facebook. I love looking at that stuff, but, um, it's just not something I'm going to do, but I am going to do certain little recipes for my own little particular skin tone. If we're talking about portrait, I always think of this in portraits and if we're doing like a, a portrait and I'm looking at the skin tone for this particular photo that I want to try to achieve sort of a lightness there, and and some of it I will I will try to get, you know, I'll, I'll try to blend something together over on uh, a test paper, but the thing is, if I'm using the same pencils that I did for the last portrait, I kind of know what pencils I'm going to be using. Maybe I'm going to try to introduce something a little warmer or cooler, but the other thing that I think about is there are zones in the face. And I and then I think about how natural light works as well. But I'm always going to use more of a red hue in the ears and around the cheeks and those sorts of areas because it brings more life to your portraits. If we're talking about um, a portrait of a Caucasian, so there's things like that that I kind of use some of the some of these underlying rules that I've already already know about and have read and studied about, uh, in the past. And so I try to incorporate some of that stuff at the same time. I'm not going to get hyper about which particular color, uh, I'm going to use every single time to kind of, to your point there, Lisa, I, I do agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, how, how do you choose them? You, you know, you have to make that determination, uh, yourself. Don't be scared. Just That's go for it. Thing. You'll don't do it. Don't be
1: scared. Just grab yeah. one. What's the worst that happens? You don't like right. it? You can get rid anyway. of
0: it. Yeah, and use tape. Use um, uh, use uh, a kneaded eraser if you didn't press too hard and, and just get rid of it. Take, tap it back. All right, as always, guys, the show notes will be over there at artist.com slash podcast. And if you would like to continue the discussion, you can head on over to Facebook and post your question there in the Color Pencil Podcast group. If you want to submit your own question, you can do that at artist.com slash Q&A. And we want to thank you very much for joining us today. And we really appreciate you listening. It means a lot. Want to reach out to us? Podcast at sharpenedartist.com. Consider leaving us a rating and or a review on iTunes, and they've made it uh, really simple now. You can just um, uh, punch it up on your uh, smartphone and leave us the rating or review there. I want to get that in the show notes. Hopefully I'll do that with this one. it would make it so much easier for everybody. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. You going to say bye? Oh, bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com co-host my co co-host my co-host <laughs> well this is a show about color pencil where we
1: you, uh, we hand out wait, the wait, art wait. tips you may want to start that over again mm-hmm. and sound a little more excited you sounded really oh yeah sad I, sound, when you said
0: I, that. Sound, I sounded humiliated and <laughs> discouraged and downtrodden <laughs> all right
1: the nice thing is you just got all of your um your outtakes my, in like my, my one, outtakes on one
0: one fell swoop right here <laughs> that's perfect